All right, guys, we're going to go straight to the Word. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. I'll give you a little bit of time to get there, but not much. Give me some amens when you get there. Amen. That sounded like enough. I still hear pages flipping, but y'all are slow. You need to catch up. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for just, number one, today. I, I tell you, just God standing up here, looking outside at such an amazing day, and, and to have the people here at the church, uh, there's just nothing more joyful to me. And I, and I praise you for that. I praise you for that joy, because this world makes it really hard to come by. And, and I thank you for those moments each and every time that you give it to me, God. And I just ask that you Put joy over each person in this room today. God, I ask also that you open their hearts and open their minds so they can hear this word that you have prepared for me to give. God, I ask that everything is you from this, from this pulpit and it has nothing to do with me. God, I want to thank you for the visitors that are here today. I want to thank you for my brothers and sisters that have been here since day one. I need everybody in this room to understand if you've been here for a year and a half since we've started this or this is your first day, your family. And I truly mean that. God, I ask that you continue to bless the families that are here and you continue to bless this church. We are just amazed at what you have accomplished through CWC. And God, right now in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. That you take all my pride and anger any selfishness, any doubt, any worry, God, I ask that you take it away from me and you cast it in the sea and you replace it with you. Your breath, your words, your love, your peace, your joy, your harmony. God, just I ask that you pour that all over me today and most importantly, the boldness to get your word across. God, I love you and I praise you and I claim all these things in your name. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us to forgive. Amen. I want you to imagine you're walking down a road and uh, you're picking up trash. You got a big, you know, those big black trash bags, you know, those yard style trash bags. You got it on your back and you're picking up trash and you keep throwing it in the bag and you're walking and you're walking. It's getting heavier. It's getting heavier. It's harder to walk. It's harder to move. But you keep trucking. You keep trucking. You keep picking up pieces. You keep throwing it in the bag. And all of a sudden, you hear a vehicle coming up behind you and pulls up next to you is an old truck. And you can't see the person, but you hear them. You want to lift? I can help you with that. That's Jesus. Guys, there's no need to carry those heavy bags. What'd you say, Mikey? Where are you at? Stand up real quick. Did, did you say that's right? Is that what you said? Come here, Mikey. I got you a shirt, brother. 
for those of y'all that don't know Mikey P, he is the that's right guy, but he is our outreach pastor more than anything. Actually, more than anything, he's my brother. I love this man. Look at here, man. Got you a shirt, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, bro. Love you, man. Love you, man. There you go. I knew it wouldn't take him long. I told Bojo, I said, as soon as he says that's right, I got him. And, and it, I, I mean, I ain't even, I've, I've gotten into one, you know, one verse and, and a prayer. Like, seriously, thank you, Mikey. You made that a lot easier on me, man. By the way, okay, because we're a new church and we're poor, these shirts are for sale, okay? okay? They're $20 a piece. And if you want one, there's a sheet in the back. You can sign up, put your size and all that kind of stuff on there. We would appreciate it because if you look to the right when you walk out, you'll see we're doing a lot of construction down there. And, and, and that takes money. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I don't like to talk about money. We're going to get off of that. But just want to bring that up real quick. All right, guys. Today, the problem that we have not only about gathering up all these issues and worries and so forth is what do we do with it? Like, like the problem is, is we keep bringing it back and bringing it back. And that brings me to today's title. If you can hit today's title. Leave it. Leave it. Where do you leave it? We'll get to that. I want to go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. This is from the New Living Translation. There are four steps from these verses. We're going to read them. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Notice it says God's peace, not worldly peace. It says God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. This peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I know all of you, you know, veteran Christians, y'all know this verse, these two verses very well. But I want to break this down. Again, there's four steps from these verses that we can take, and it can give us a clear direction on how to experience God's amazing peace. Okay? Number one, step one, don't worry about anything. That's right at the top, right? I was studying this morning. I had already put the sermon together, but God had showed me something else. I just want to mention it to you guys. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, Jesus is speaking on this exact topic, and he says, do not worry three times. Three times. If Jesus is saying it, kind of important, right? Okay. Now, I didn't want y'all to think it was just me up here telling y'all not to worry. Okay? This, is, this is coming from the book. I want you to notice the scripture. It does not say, don't worry about anything unless it is cancer, a failing marriage, a financial challenge, a death in the family, legal troubles, or an addiction. No. It says, don't worry about anything. Anything. See, that's a big problem we have. You have the small things that aren't that big a deal. You can forget about those, but it's the big things. And you're like, oh, but I got to worry about that. No, he says, don't worry about anything. Nothing. And I know that's hard. We'll continue on and we'll work on this. This is hard. And a big reason why it's hard is the world has conditioned us to worry. All you got to do is watch the news. Just turn it on. I don't care which channel, I don't care if it's Fox, CNN, liberal, conservative, I don't care what it is. You turn on any news, and I promise you, if it's on for three minutes, you're going to worry about something. The world is conditioned it this way. And the problem is, is us as Christians have allowed that to happen instead of the Holy Spirit conditioning us instead. Right? 
If you're conditioned in the Holy Spirit, you're not going to worry about these things. You're going to stand firm. You'll be bold. You won't have to worry about them. They'll be in and out of your head so quickly. We've got to get conditioned that way, guys. We have to. We are not a creature of worry. We are a creature of faith. Man, keep going, Mike. I keep going, just point at my shirt like every time you say it, man. I love it. I do need y'all to understand there is something that is very real, and that is depression. I get that. Trust me. Been around a lot of people with that, so forth. Uh, I've counseled some people with that. But what I need you to understand about depression, and I'm fixing to say something, and I don't want anybody to take this as I'm being um, insensitive. Or, yeah, there you go, insensitive. It's a hard word for me to say. Okay, so here's the thing with depression. When you realize that you're depressed about something and you're anxious and you're struggling with it, where do you go first? Do you go to the doctor? Do you go to the pharmacy? You've got to go to God first. I'm not saying that doctors cannot help you with this because that's why God put them on this earth. I have no doubt about that. They're healers. That's what they are. They have a gift. But my problem is, is if you didn't go to God first, you didn't even give him the chance to fix your problem. Always go to God first, guys. Don't go to the, to the earthly source. You go to the heavenly source. Amen? This leads me to step two. Pray about everything. That's again in the verse. I want to go back to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. I want you to notice the word instead. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We obsess over it. Whatever that worry is, whatever that problem is that we have, we obsess over it. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, I got about eight, you know, Christians that are telling me the truth right now. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we have to learn how to stop letting it consume our lives and learn how to give it to him. You're not strong enough, brave enough, courageous enough, smart enough, powerful enough to handle the situations that Satan's going to pile on you. But you and the Holy Spirit can beat it all day long. You've got to learn to give it to him. And the only way to do that is to quit Letting it consume your life. Step three. Tell God what you need. This one's extremely important. You need to be very specific. I'm going to say that again. Be very specific. Don't just say, God, give me peace. Tell him why you're uneasy. Don't just say, God, I need money. Tell him what you need it for. Guys, it's like, it's like going to the bank. When I started my business years ago, I went to the bank. And I walked in, and I didn't just say, I need some money. They looked at me crazy. But what do you need it for? I just need some money. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to have a business plan. 
Go to God with your business plan of what you're asking for. Be specific, detailed, because guys, it's those specific things that he, he takes and he, oh, he'll take those small things, those small details, and what he sees is, is that you're really into this instead of just, I need money. We all need money, right? I don't care how rich you are. You're still like, I need some money, you know? Specifically, guys, what are you looking for? The hard part is this. You got to tell him, and then you got to have faith to see him do it. We have access to the very throne of God, guys. If you're a child of God, you have access directly to him. Not only does he tell you to come to him, he tells you to come boldly, right? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. He said boldly. He didn't say tiptoe up to the throne of God. He didn't say crawl. He said, come stomping. Whatever you're worried about, come stomping to him about it. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to be angry. He wants you to be angry at the evil one. That's being bold, right? When I think about boldness, this was something actually, <laughs> me and Bo talked about this not too long ago. You, you know, when you're... Uh, you have a, he's giving you the right to be bold, okay? So, like, if I get in an argument with somebody, which I don't do that ever because I'm a pastor and we don't do things like that, but if I was to get in an argument with somebody, and if they brought up the Dallas Cowboys, man, I know everything about the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, everything, history, so forth. Doesn't matter how many Super Bowls they've won, everything, right? So if you come at me with something and you're trying to question me on it, I got you. And I'm going to be very bold on that because I know it. Like me and Bo were talking about, he, he's a baseball guy, right? Real good baseball player. Like, I'm not going to argue with Bo about baseball because I'm terrible at baseball. And, and he would destroy me because he knows everything about baseball. I mean, this man umpired, right? I mean, like, he, he knows. He umpired in the minor leagues. He knows everything about baseball. So why would I go to him and complain to him and argue with him about something that has to do with baseball? I mean, honestly, the only thing I really know about baseball was Nolan Ryan. Like, that's the only thing I knew, you know? <laughs> He threw it really fast, right? Yeah, okay. That's how you should be when you step up to the throne of God. Be bold in what it is that you have, okay? He's given you the strength to fight every single worry and depression that you have in your life. He's given you that strength. It's inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit. Let him out and let him out boldly. Amen? That's what you got to do, guys. We can't sit there and, t again, don't tiptoe up to the throne of God. He's going to look at you like you're crazy. Don't, don't, don't do that. If you're part of this church, you better not walk up to God and, you look, and he makes you, don't do it. You'll embarrass me, okay? I need you to be bold because he, you're going to walk up and he's going to be like, this is, this is, Mike is the pastor of this church. He's going to come talk to me and he's going to be like, what is wrong with you? You are not doing a good job with these people. If you make me look bad, I will call you out on Sunday, Okay? <laughs> Amen. All right. Step four. 
Thank him for all he has done. Again, be specific. Don't just say, God, thank you for all you've given me. Now, give him a list, and I'm going to tell you why. You have to build the Holy Spirit. You have to exercise him. You have to work out your spiritual muscles, okay? So what you got to do is, is you take this list of all the great things that he's given you, and that just that hypes him up, right? But if you just say, thank you for all you give me, it's like, you, it's like one thing. It's like one thing. Thank you for all you give me, and you just pass it away. It's like one thing. Guys, specific. God, thank you for my family, my amazing wife, my children, the, the gifts that you've given my children, my church, the people that are in my church, my business, my employees. God, thank you for giving me the finances when I need it. God, thank you for the tithers at the church. God, thank you for the construction that's going on next door. Thank you for the beautiful day. Thank you for rainbow unicorns. I mean, whatever it is, guys, get a list to him. Because all of a sudden, your Holy Spirit starts to get built up. and They get strong. Holy Spirit gets strong. And you can continue, you can fight worry and depression and all those things so much easier than, God, thank you for all you gave me today. I really, I really appreciate you, God. really appreciate it. Again, don't embarrass me. I'm telling you, not even in your prayer life. He'll let me know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you an example. <laughs> you ask a kid, you, you know, to, 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 to pray, right? Like, like at dinner. Like, you know, today I'm going to let you pray at dinner. And, and, you know, your kids are like, thank you for my Legos. <laughs> and thank you for my cat. You know, thank you for my shirt. Thank you for Cheetos. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We should be the same way. Like, we should be like kids. Ask your kid what they're thankful for. I mean, dude, I'm so glad Caroline's not in here right now. It, it would be, we wouldn't. It'd be 30 minutes. I promise you. We should be like children, guys. You know how excited they get about all they're thankful for? Why aren't we doing the same thing? That'll help you so much when you're fighting depression and worry and anxiety. Amen? I know I told you there's four steps, guys, but there's actually five. We'll go back to the title. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it at his feet. And don't pick it back up. Right now in the pews, there's notepads. And there's pens. Y'all going to have to share real quick. I'm going to give you a few minutes to do this. But I want y'all to grab those notepads, pass the sheet down, pass the pens down. And I want you to right now, before you do that, hang on, y'all listen to me. I want you to think right now. What is the one thing that is keeping you up at night right now? What is the one thing that's keeping you from that quality time with your family? What is that one thing, if you're watching online, what's the one thing that's keeping you from actually coming to church? What is that one thing that is keeping you away from growing closer to God? The worst thing on your mind, guys, what are you worried about? I want you to write it down on that sheet of paper. I'm going to give you all some time to do that. Pass it around. While y'all are doing that, worry will kill you. 
it'll bring you to spiritual death. That's what worry, anxiety, depression, all those things, that's what it does. The more you worry, the more you're depressed, the more that you have anxiety, the further and further away you're going to get from God and in turn you're spiritually dying. You understand that? Some nods. At least three good Christians in here right now. I just, I'm going to let Bojo preach. They ain't listening to me, Bo. <laughs> I ain't getting you a shirt. Everybody got it written down? I gave you enough time, I think. Guys, if I could get y'all to uh, shut those doors. Go ahead and hit those lights, too. Guys, when Jesus... When Jesus went to see Lazarus, went to go see, excuse me, when he went to Lazarus's grave, Jesus was sad. That was one of his best friends, right? Like he was sad. He knew that he knew that God was fixing to work through him. That's what I love about that story is he knew that God was fixing to work through him, and he was, he was already praising him in that moment. I want you to imagine that you're in that tomb right now. It's dark. Where you're at is spiritual death. That piece of paper that you hold in your hand is keeping you from hearing Jesus. Right now you are completely dead if you don't let go of that sheet of paper. What you wrote on that paper, I want you to implant it in your mind right now. I know it's hard. You don't really want to think about that. But trust me, just hang with me. Put it in your mind. That stress, that anxiety, that depression... It could be a disease. It could be financial fear. It could be fear of losing your children, them not following your direction, going down the wrong path. It could be a fear of an abuse. It could be drugs, alcohol, lust. So right now, you're Lazarus in that grave. But the cool part is, is Jesus shouted out to him, Lazarus, come forth. And all of a sudden, Lazarus got up. He started walking. I need you to understand right now in this moment, you're not Lazarus, you are you. And right now, God is screaming your name. He's shouting your name. And the tomb's fixing to open. 
You've got an option, guys. You can either stay in the tomb, in the dark, be spiritually dead, or you can walk out just like Lazarus. Let's bust that tomb open. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I love you. Father, I'm inviting you into this church just like we do every Sunday. But I have no doubt that today we have people that are hurting. We have people that are struggling. And it's with things that are not of you. God, somewhere along the way, we have allowed Satan to overtake our minds, our thoughts, and our hearts. But God, the great news is, is I know that you can easily, easily defeat those things. All we've got to do is come back to you. All we have to do is lay it at your feet. God, I invite you into this church for that today. I want people to understand that whatever's written on this sheet of paper, when they lay it down, you got it. It's done. It's over. God, again, I ask that your presence is felt amongst many in this room, amongst all. Give them the boldness to walk away from what it is that they are worried about. God, I praise you. I love you. I claim this. Claim this in your name. I claim victory over this congregation, God, over this church. I am tired of watching people in pain. I'm tired of watching people hang on to things, God. Give them that strength to walk away from it. to love, laugh, forgive. Amen. Guys, here's what I need you to understand. Not only did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, the last thing he said, the last thing he said to Lazarus, take the bondages off. They unwrapped that man and they left it in the tomb. Leave those bandages here, guys. So what I want you to do I want you all to take your sheet of paper and somehow in an orderly fashion. We just invited him into this room. I want you to lay it at his feet. Lay that sheet of paper at his feet and walk away from it. Man, I love how y'all did this. Some of you like crumpled it up. Some of you folded it once. Some of you folded it like 20 times. <laughs> Must have been really mad at that one. All right, guys, quick story, we'll get y'all out of here. King David, right? David, David and Goliath. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath, right? Everybody in this room probably knows it, even if, even if you're, you know, not one of the good Christians. You still know the story, I guarantee you. <laughs> you know, David has this sling, right? And Goliath, if I remember correctly, biblically, was nine or ten feet tall, whatever. He was a big guy, right? He hits him with this little pebble, 
Hits him in the head, knocks him out, cold. Now, it doesn't say that that one shot completely killed him. Some, some translations actually might say that, but, but I'm going to go off the one that I read, and I'm going to say that not all of them say that. So here's what happened, guys. He hits him with the pebble, he knocks him smooth out, right? That was David's worry and his concern. He didn't just walk away after he stunned him. He cut his head off. Cut the head off of the snake, guys. Leave this here. It's done. Here's the problem. We get up. It's like a boxing match. I've said this before. Some of y'all have heard it. I don't care. Listen to it again. A lot of people hadn't. So here's the thing. It's like a boxing match. And you're beating Satan up. I mean, you're jabbing at him. You're hitting him. You're throwing haymakers and so forth. And all of a sudden, you throw this uppercut and you put him on the mat. You got him out cold on the mat. And you can hear the ref over there, and he's counting, and it's one, and it's two, and it's three, and it's four. And he gets to seven, and he gets to eight, and you're like, I got him. And you turn around, and you're about to walk off, and you hear nine. And that's all you hear. And you turn around, and Satan's standing there. See, the problem is, and you didn't realize this, but in that moment when you got to eight and you got to nine, you reached over and you went... You picked him back up off the mat. Leave him down there, guys. Quit picking him up. Leave it at his feet. He's got this. Amen? Awesome. Very good.